Perhaps you're feeling weary today, or you may be overflowing with great joy. Is your heart hurting, filled with fear or sorrow? Friends, we want you to know that God's Word is able to wash over you and flood your thirsty soul because it is living water. Through His Word, our thoughts are guided toward peace, strength, comfort, courage, and gratitude as we walk one day at a time with God. This podcast is part of the global outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome to Walk with God. Welcome to Walk with God. My name's Brenda, and Walt and I are glad you've joined us today. You know, just a big question, something we've been pondering is distractions in our life, in our day. And uh, we're certainly surrounded by many of those each day, right? And well, for sure. Yeah. And so we've kind of wor- worked through a list and we actually were able to find a few stats, but we've gone back and forth. We talked about uh, our cell phones, right? Texting, uh, the phone, you know, people calling us and, you know, we always think we've got to answer it and we need to answer a text within seven and a half seconds, right? So that's a distraction 55% of our day. And then we have the internet, uh, social media uh, is fit in there too, with regard to Facebook and TikTok and uh, Instagram and all all those other distractions at to the degree of 41% in a day, uh, distractions. Uh, gossip, uh, around the office in in our life uh, it actually is a distraction up to 39%. And then, of course, email and just constantly coming in to our inbox, right? I, I, I sometimes even get to hating email coming into my inbox. It's like, uh, I, I, it's I like have the to monkey, deal with it. Yeah, the monkey's back on your back. Oh, yeah, tag, you're it. And yeah. it's like, ugh. Yeah, so these are external distractions that we definitely um, wrestle with. There's also internal distractions that we experience, hunger, fatigue, illness, worry, anxiety, daydreaming. So both external and internal distractions contribute to the interference of focus in our day. And you know, in this short two-chapter book of Haggai, we saw last week that the people were distracted from the assignment, the project God had given to them. They were to return to Jerusalem from the Babylonian captivity, and they were assigned the rebuilding of the house of the Lord, but they experienced external distractions. Outsiders threatened their safety. They mocked them. They spoke words of discouragement to them. They threatened them. Um, These external distractions then contributed to internal distractions. They began to worry, to feel anxious. They even suffered from fatigue in the midst of this building project. And Ezra 4 actually talks about the discouragement that came from those around him. And the the people just, um, they were overwhelmed. They just didn't know what to do. And so they got distracted and they stopped working on rebuilding the temple of the Lord. Well, let's look at the opening verse in Haggai. We're going to just do a little review about the beginning of this book. Haggai chapter 1 verse 2 says this, 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says, the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. And last week we talked about beware of making excuses. And um, Brenda, you know this, I, there's some different things in my life that, that I wish were a little different, and, um, and, and I'm, I have some great excuses. <laughs> yeah, I have great, great, great. great mm-hmm. excuses. They make perfect sense to me. But they're still excuses, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just and they're you know, not always great. Oh, I, no, I didn't know that. I thought they were always great. But but I can become overwhelmed and discouraged. Um, sometimes the task, whatever it is we're doing, seems too big for us. Um, it's not the right time. My, my schedule, my plan. This will interfere with my schedule, my plan. And this reminds me: what excuses do I make? What excuses do you make? Um, in different areas of your life. Um, it might be weight gain and, and, um, and wanting to live a healthier lifestyle, but you're just too busy at work. It's like, no, we've got to stop making excuses. And then in Haggai chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? And we said there that that's a call to examine your priorities. You know, I remember one of the famous quotes from Socrates in in 400 BC said this, the unexamined life is not worth living. Hmm. And so, so examine your life. Check out what's, what's happening. Uh, what excuses are you, are you making? And how has this changed your priorities? Um, for these people, instead of working on the temple, the Lord's house, the people have spent years, not just repairing their own homes, but making them beautiful craftsmanship paneled houses. And we said last week um, that is used previously of Solomon's temple that um, Solomon sent for, to get lumber from Hiram, king of Tyre. And, and um, the, the, it seems like the people are doing that for their own houses, but not for the house of the Lord. Where's their focus and where's my focus um, do I need to ve- revisit the the list of priorities for my life? Yeah. So as we consider those those beginning points that we covered, beware of excuses, examine your priorities. We want to go into a third point in today's passage, and so we'll begin in verse five. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts: Consider your ways. You've sown much but harvest little. You eat, but there's not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there's not enough to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns wages to put into a purse with holes. You know, God wants his people, he wants us to look at choices that we make. And in this situation, it's his people back in Jerusalem. And he's saying, what have you been doing for 16 years? 16 years, they chose to walk away from the work assignment God had given them. They were to rebuild the house of the Lord. And they focused on their own homes, just as Walt reviewed with us a few minutes ago. But what are the people now experiencing after 16 years of misplaced priorities? Well, first of all, an insufficient harvest. You sow, so you plant seeds, but harvest little. 
There's insufficient food. You eat, but you're not satisfied. Their stomachs, as it were, are still growling. You know, they're still hungry. They want something more to eat. Insufficient drink. You drink, but not enough to make you lighthearted to have the good rejoicing time in life. Insufficient clothing. You get dressed, but you're not warm. That's a terrible feeling. I I don't like to be cold, especially if I feel like I've put a sweatshirt on, but it's still not enough. I'm not warm. And then that insufficient money that you're out earning wages, you're working, you're doing your job, but then you take those coins, as it were, and you put them in a purse or in a pocket that has holes, and those coins go rolling down the street. You know, they've made choices, and they're experiencing the consequences on a regular even on a daily basis. And as you consider that, the people, um, this isn't just a a haphazard. God is saying, this is my direct discipline of your disobedience with the hope that you would return to me and that you would begin to obey me. And and I just, one of the core passages in all the, the Pentateuch that Moses is writing is Deuteronomy 28. And they're blessings and cursings. And the blessings are there. If you follow my word, if you live for me, here are the blessings, including rain and food and protection from enemies. And there's just a number of blessings listed. But in the second half of that chapter, it says, and by the way, if you turn your back on me, and if you walk away from me, if you disobey me to my face, here's the the discipline that's gone. And there's a whole list. I'll withhold the rain. Um, your enemies will have victory over you. And eventually, the worst is you'll be sent into exile. And I, I'll, I'll take care of you. I, but at the same time, you're going to go into exile. Well, as we continue in the text, the Lord is giving this instruction to his people all of his people, including today. So let me read Haggai chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring wood and rebuild the temple, that I may be pleased with it, your work, and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. Um, The obedience of the people will lead to the Lord being his good pleasure, And also, it would lead to the Lord being glorified. He would be lifted up. He would be magnified. And I find it interesting, even in this verse, um, in three verses, the prophet said, consider your ways. Think deeply about what you're doing. It's time not to stop just, um, this is what I do each day of the week. It's time to say, what does God want you to be doing? Gather materials that you'll need to rebuild this temple, and now decide to obey. And the Lord speaks through his prophet Haggai. It, it, it's a time for no more excuses, um, whether you think they're good or they're not. It's a time to look more closely at our priorities. What has God called me to do? And we have specific things that God has called us to do. And then it's a time that we choose to decide to obey the Lord. And I'm reminded, even as you go through um, those points, Walt, from verses 7 and 8, the Lord is reaching out to his people, and he's saying, you know, you haven't had enough food, and you haven't had enough, you know, we went through that list earlier, but he's calling out, he's actually 
offering his grace and mercy to them. He wants them to return. He wants them to get their priorities back in order, right? Come come back and do the work I brought you here to Jerusalem to do. And discipline always should have a final goal of restoration Mm -hmm. and restoring the relationship and and of of peace, of shalom, of, of not just a... You know, I'm, I'm quiet. It's quiet today, and I mean, but but a, a peace with God that leads to a contentment. That's mm. what God wants to call them back into. That's what God wants to call you and I into. Right. That, and it's not just punishment for the sake of you've been bad, and you know, I'm going to put you out of my sight. But it's that discipline that restoring the relationship, right? And we could probably start a whole Bible study on discipline, but we don't have the time. So so let's (laughs) continue. We'll go into verse 9 to 11. How about that? Yep. You look for much, but behold, it comes to little when you bring it home. I blow it away. Why? declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. I called for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on what the ground produces, on men, on cattle, and on all the labor of your hands. And even as you read those verses, it it just reminds me that God, even in the midst of that saying, I'm going to discipline you. And remember, I'm the Lord of hosts. I'm the Lord of the hosts, the army of heaven, the angelic realm. And when you disobey me, guess what? (laughs) There's coming big trouble to you. Well, we see people, they need to realize their physical problems were God's judgment on their refusal to rebuild the temple on their disobedience. And the effects, you have unmet physical expectations. I love the phrase where it says, when you bring it home, God says, I blow it away. And why? Because I want you to consider your ways. I want you to think about what's going on. Um, And the cause of this, of God's judgment, is that failure to rebuild the temple, direct disobedience. Why, God says, because my house lies desolate while each of you runs to your own house. And that's a a great phrase. We can't get home soon enough. And and I know what that's like at the end of a day and commuting. And I mean, that's okay. But my priorities still, I have to remember them. And I'm not even walking to the house of the Lord. I'm not even going there and doing any work. And because of this, the visible effects of God's judgment, the skies withheld the dew and rain. Uh, The earth is without produce. Um, There's drought on the land and on the mountains, drought on the grain, the wine, the oil, the produce, men, cattle, all the labor of your hands. Yeah, and the Lord included everything. I mean, when you go through that list, and I, you know, even as I read the verses and now you re-emphasized it, well, it's just, we should realize God's touching everything. Every part of their life, everything surrounding them, he wants them to know. He wants to get their attention is is what is happening here. And he has sent Haggai the prophet to now deliver that spoken word. So God has spoken through the prophet. He's clearly told the people, I am not pleased with your priority. My house lies desolate. And even as you say that, that, that whole idea of, all of the Israel, they were agricultural and pastoral people. They grew crops and they they had sheep and goats out in the wilderness. 
And if there's not enough rain, your sheep and goats aren't going to be fruitful. They're not going to grow. They're not going to be healthy. And not only that, you're not going to have enough uh, enough of anything because God is disciplining you. That would get the attention of every single person because they were all tied so intimately to the land. And he did get their attention. And that's the exciting part as we get ready to wrap up chapter one in Haggai 12. Then, then Zerubbabel, the son of Shittiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him, and the people showed reverence for the Lord. They obey Haggai's words. They hear them. So Zerubbabel, the government leader, and Joshua, the religious leader, and the remnant of all the people, and God encourages them then in verse 13, Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke by the commission of the Lord to the people, saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. Words of encouragement speak to our hearts. The Lord says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he declares here in Haggai, your obedience, you have obeyed my voice. I am with you. And and even as God was with them before in discipline, God is now with them this time to say, okay, you're turning your act around. I'm with you. I'm no longer going to be against you. And the work on the Lord's house, the temple, resumes. And let's just finish this chapter, verses 14 and 15. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shittiel, governor of Judah. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehoshaphat, the high priest. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month of the second year of Darius the king. Uh, so the Lord, is, his spirit is stirring up the spirit of, of these people, the, the political leaders, the, the religious leaders, and then all the remnant of the people. And I just, as I say that, I say, Lord, do the same thing today. Yes. <laughs> you know, stir yes. up your, the spirit of the political leaders, stir up the spirit of the spiritual leaders, the shepherds who should be guiding and guarding their flocks. And Lord, stir up the spirit of all that are listening to this, that know you, that have placed their trust in you. Lord, would you stir up their spirits? And they came and they worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, this mighty God, their God. And this date that's given is August 29th. We had started this project, of, of this challenge. Haggai said, what are you going to do? Consider your ways. On September 21st, they got busy back doing the work of the Lord. And and this brings us to the, the head-to-heart component. What's going on? How can we get busy in working for the Lord? Well, well one, connect your heart and your treasure, because where, where your heart is, that's, that's your real treasure. Um, another thing, walk by the Spirit. Do not walk in the flesh. Um, have spiritual fruit, not fleshly fruit, in Galatians says. And then third, pray, even including praying without ceasing. When something happens in your life, pray. And then we think of just our closing words, that acronym, 
bed. B is beware of making excuses. The E in verse 4 is examine your priorities. And then we see in verses 5 to 7 that decide to obey. So beware of excuses, examine your priorities, decide to obey. And through his written word, through the work of the Holy Spirit, the Lord is calling. He's calling each of us. Will you listen? Will you adjust your priorities And he asks, will you obey me? The word of the Lord came to the remnant. The Lord stirred in their spirits and they chose to obey and to return to the work God had called them to do. There's more to this book of Haggai and we look forward to our next time together. But until then, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with The Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.